0: Psalms chapter 13 and verse number 1. The Bible says, How long wilt thou forget me, O Lord, forever? How long wilt thou hide thy face from me? How long shall I take counsel in my soul, having sorrow in my heart daily? How long shall my enemy be exalted over me? Consider and hear me, O Lord, my God. Lighten mine eyes, lest I sleep the sleep of death. Lest mine enemies say I have prevailed against him, and those that trouble me rejoice when I am moved. But I have trusted in thy mercy. My heart shall rejoice in thy salvation. I will sing unto the Lord because he hath dealt bountifully with me. Father, I want to thank you tonight for the word of God. And Lord, we're so thankful we can be in church tonight. Lord, none of us deserve to be here. I don't deserve to be here tonight. And Lord, we're thankful that your grace and your mercy has given us a place to worship. And Lord, we're thankful that, Lord, in these days, because of grace, we can walk on for Jesus and I pray, Lord, that you would touch the reading of thy word. Only you know what needs to be done in this service. I pray the Holy Spirit would take this message. And God, I pray that you would divide it in our hearts however it needs to be. Help us to be willing and receptive to do whatever you speak to us about. God, I pray that we would receive with meekness the engrafted word. And God, may we not just be hearers of the word, but I pray that we be doers of the word of God. And May you receive maximum glory, and we'll thank you for it. In Jesus' name we do pray. Amen, amen, you can be seated. I'm preaching through the book of Psalms as the Lord allows me to on Wednesday nights and, uh, but as I come to Psalms chapter number 13, this is a Psalm that uh, I have preached many, many times in different places and I am quite certain I have preached it here some, at some point in some time. But here in Psalms chapter number 13, I want you to notice that this is a Psalm of David. And in this Psalm here, I want you to see in verse number one and verse number two that David has a real problem. Now, this is a time in David's Life when uh, no doubt he is probably on the run from Saul or Absalom, but we're not certain of that time uh, when David is running. But nevertheless, it's quite clear in verse number one, in verse number two, that David has a problem, and the problem is one of the problem is is that David is basing everything around him on how, on his feelings. Amen. And I want to stop and say tonight, you cannot make decisions and you cannot live your life based on the way that you feel. Amen. You know, sometimes we feel good and sometimes we feel bad. Isn't that right? Sometimes we feel happy and sometimes we feel sad. Sometimes, uh, uh listen, we feel uh, uh, like being a blessing and sometimes we feel mean. I know none of y'all feel that way, but I'm just telling you how this flesh is sometimes. Uh, I mean, it has all kinds of emotions and all kinds of feelings. Well, notice in verse one and two that four times here, uh, David uses the phrase here, how long? He said, is in verse number one, how long wilt thou forget me? If you want to know how David feels in verse number one, he feels like he has been forgotten. Now I'll be honest with you, tonight every one of us knows that the Bible says, Jesus said, I will not leave thee nor forsake thee or the Bible says that. We know that Jesus said in his word that I'll go with you always even until the end of the world and you know them promises tonight as well as I do but we cannot help the fact of how we feel and when we go through trial, and when we have problems in our life, we feel like we have been forgotten by God. We often ask ourselves the question, Lord, why me or why am I going through that? Well, David feels like God has forgotten him. Then secondly, not only does David feel forgotten, but notice what else he said in verse number one. He said, uh, "He said, how long will thou forget me, O Lord, forever? How long wilt thou hide thy face from me? David not only feels like God has forgotten, gotten him, but he feels like God has forsaken him. He feels like God has turned his face away from him. He feels like God is no longer looking in his direction. You know, sometimes that's the way problems will make you feel. You'll be grinding through something, you'll just be trying to get through some storm or through some trial, and you'll feel like God is nowhere to be found, that he has stepped out of your problem, that he has left left you to handle your situation all by yourself. Even though we know that's not a reality, but yet our flesh makes us feel like we have been forsaken by God. And I'll tell you, God will not forsake us, will he? but David feels forgotten and David feels forsaken here but notice something else in verse number 2 he uses that phrase again how long I see here where David feels like he is going to faint as he said how long shall I take counsel in my soul having sorrow in my heart daily now if you want to know how David is feeling in this verse he has now went from feeling like he has been forgotten to it's got worse now he feels forsaken now he feels like he's about to faint. Uh, Brother, that means that David's trial just keeps lingering. It's been longer than a day or two. It's been longer than a week or so. David is going through something that he felt like, well, God, where are you at? Well, God, have you hid your face from me? Now his prayer has turned and say, Lord, I feel like I'm about to die in this problem that I'm in. I feel like I'm about to faint. Amen? Sometimes in this Christian life, you'll feel like you're going to faint. You know, Jesus said in Luke chapter 18 and verse number 1 that men ought always to pray and not to faint. He gave us a promise that if we'll pray, we won't faint. The Bible tells us in uh, the book of Galatians, let us not be weary uh, in well doing, for in due season we shall reap if we faint not. You don't have to faint just because you got a problem. You don't have to throw in the towel. You don't have to quit. You say, Brother Gravely, you don't know how bad my problem is. And that may be true, but I know somebody that does. Amen? And I know somebody that will give grace to help you and I through whatever we have to face in this walk of life. But David feels like he is taking counsel in his soul and having sorrow in his heart. He says day, continually every day. What does that mean to take counsel in your soul? It means that David's not hearing from God. David's not seeing anything thing getting any better so now David is reasoning this thing out he is just constantly thinking about this and letting it turn within himself and he's thinking about his problem and what am I going to do and what is the answer and where is God and how am I going to make it how am I going to see the sunrise of another day David feels like he's about to faint David has a problem doesn't he He feels not only like he's about to faint, he not only feels forgotten and forsaken, but notice in verse number two, David feels foolish. He said, how long shall my enemies be exalted over me? David says, Lord, how long are you going to let them win this thing? How long are you going to let them be exalted over me? How long are you going to let them get by with what they're doing? And and how long are you going to let them put me in this situation? Now, you may have never been in a situation like that, but have you ever been in a situation where it looked like the devil was winning and we was losing? I mean, sometimes it feels that way. If you serve God any length of time, if you live for God any length of time, if you go through any trials or any problems, if you ever have any enemies, quote, unquote, and by the way, we all have enemies because there's enemies of the the Bible talks about and my friend in those times of serving God sometimes it looks like the devil's crowd is having a heyday it looks like the devil's crowd is on the winning side we may sing the song but in our heart of hearts sometimes we feel foolish trying to serve God when you've told people to trust God and live for God and exercise faith and, and be steadfast and then all of a sudden a problem comes to your doorstep and the devil says, what are you going to do now? How are you going to overcome this now? I mean, where's your God at now? You've praised Him and you've you've preached about Him and you've testified about Him and you've sung about Him and you've acknowledged Him and you've told others that He would never let you down. But look at your situation. I feel like a fool. I'm sure when they put Joseph in that pit... After he told him his dream, his own brothers put him in a pit and then sold him into slavery. I'm sure as he walked behind Potiphar's uh, wagon, as I don't know if he was shackled, I don't know if he was just walking freely, but I'm sure as he made that long, uh, long walk back to Potiphar's house, don't you know the devil walked every step of the mile with him and said, Joseph, where's your God now? Where's that God that you said would serve, that you could serve, and would help you? And then he gets lied. On. and then he goes to prison can you see Joseph in prison and the devil come right to his prison door and said Joseph uh, where's your God now I'm sure Joseph had some times in his life when he felt foolish uh, free listen David has a real problem in these first two verses but I see not only does David have a problem but I see that David has a prayer he said in verse number three notice what he said he said consider and hear me, O Lord my God. Lighten mine eyes, lest I sleep the sleep of death. David has went from Uh, from facing his problem to now he is on his face in prayer and he is pouring his heart out to God and David tells us here in verse number 3 he is overwhelmed with emptiness as he says consider and hear me oh Lord my God lighten mine eyes Uh, David says Lord you've got to hear me you say what's happening preacher in verse number 3 I'll tell you what's happening God is putting the squeeze on David God is letting the pressure be turned up on him he's letting the problem gets so big in his life that he can't even see God and his flesh is overtaken and he feels, he he knows it's not a reality, but he can't help the way he feels. He feels like God has abandoned him. He feels like God is a million miles away. He feels like the enemy is winning. He feels like such a fool. He feels like he's about to faint. i tell you, God uses that problem to put pressure on David, to drive him down to his knees, to put him in that prayer closet. Hey, if you'll be honest tonight. And if I be honest, uh, we all pray more when the heat's turned up. Isn't that right? We all pray more when it looks like we're on the side that's loosened. We all pray more when the flesh comes uh, and says God has forgotten you. Uh, God has hid his face from you. Uh, it's in them times I may not be much uh, and I may not know much, Brother Daniel. Uh, but I know when it seems like my back's against the wall and I've exhausted every resource I've got, I don't know much. Uh, but I'm telling you, God will use them times uh, to put you on your face and puts you on your knees, and man friend prayer becomes a reality in our life. Amen. We don't pray like we should when the sun's shining and the bills are paid and everybody's healthy, wealthy, and wise. Amen. I'm going to tell you when we pray the most, uh, when things are falling apart in our life, uh, when we can't see around the corner, when we feel like we're drowning in our sorrow, when we feel like God is nowhere to be found, then we fall on our face uh, and we say, Oh God, would you consider me? Would you just hear me? I'm overwhelmed with emptiness. Amen. Amen. Have you ever prayed when words would not do when there was nothing there to you could say but oh god oh lord help me god please lord I'm telling you the devil doesn't know what we're saying. and Those around us may not know what's on the inside but God looks down and he looks on the heart and God can read a heart very good. Amen. God can look at a heart and he can interpret what's going on on the inside when vocabulary and when our intellect will not put in words the expression of our heart. God goes past our vocabulary. He walks past our mind and he looks down and the recesses of our soul and he sees us crying out overwhelmed with emptiness friend that's when you pray the most amen I got news for us we don't pray our best at church and we should pray at church I'm not minimizing that we don't pray our best at church you know why that's true because I don't care who you are and I believe we pray sincere but, but you're always conscious there's people around you and if you, you might be here and say, well, preacher, not me. But that's not true. There's things I tell God in private. I'm not telling God down here with a bunch of people around me. Is that right? I mean, that's just the way we are. And I don't think there's nothing wrong with that. But I want to tell you, when you're still away somewhere and when you feel like the clouds are hovering low and it drives you to your knees and you're overwhelmed with emptiness, uh, you're not concerned about praying a pretty prayer. We're not concerned about long, elegant speech. Uh, I tell you, we're just concerned about one thing. That's getting hold of the horns of the altar and saying, dear God, would you look down upon me? Would you consider me, oh Lord? David's overwhelmed with emptiness. I see here that David's overwhelmed with emotions. As he said, lest I sleep the sleep of death. Now I promise you this. David's not dying in verse number three. We know that, don't we? But he feels like he's dying. He feels like he's dying. And he tells God, oh God, I'm going to sleep the sleep of death. Lord, if you don't answer me, if you don't hear me, God, I'm gonna die in this mess I'm in. You know, sometimes God has to let us get that desperate. God has to let us get to that point, not just in service, not just as a saint, but hey, if there's a sinner here tonight, you gotta get to that point too, amen? You gotta get to the point under old time Holy Ghost conviction where you just junk your pride, junk your religion, junk what everybody else thinks about you and say, hey, if I don't get saved, I'm going to hell. I'm gonna die in my sins. That makes you a good candidate for salvation friend when you get past yourself uh, and you and I when we get past ourselves, then God can do something in our life there's not a lot of agonizing in prayer anymore we need it again I ask you a question that I ask myself when's the last time we agonized with God Jesus before the cross he agonized in the garden of Gethsemane He prayed, the Bible said, until his sweat became as great drops of blood. Jesus prayed with such fiber. He prays with, he prayed with such, uh, with such strength in the Garden of Gethsemane. Jesus put everything he had. That's what it means to pray fervent. Jesus got alone and, and he poured himself out and he prayed with such strength and with such fervency in the Garden of Gethsemane that the very blood vessels uh, uh, within his sweat glands begin to, to, to break and to begin to bust. Uh, uh, Jesus put every ounce of strength he had in his prayer he agonized with God when's the last time we agonized over someone or something in our life I see here that David's overwhelmed with emotions and emptiness he's praying but I see in verse number 4 he's overwhelmed with enemies he said lest mine enemies say I I prevailed against him and those that trouble me notice this rejoice when I moved David said, God, I've got so many enemies. Literally, David did. That's not an expression, but he's at a point in his life when when there's more against him than there is for him. You think about this, David's at a place where, I mean, just like the Lord Jesus, he's praying with with more people against him than what's for him. And so he says, God, he said, if you don't do something, here's what's going to happen. The enemies are going to have a celebration. The enemies are going to rejoice when I'm overtaken. God, I need your help. Amen. There's been some times, I'm sure we could all testify, that had we not prayed, there were people just sitting on ready to be able to say things like, well, I told you that was going to happen. Well, I-, I saw that coming. I, I knew that was going to You know, if you're a spiritual person, you won't even say that even if you did see that coming. I, I fear to make a statement like that because I'm too afraid that it may happen in my own life. Because the truth of the matter is, it's, it is easier to see what's happening, Brother Doyle, in your life than to see what's happening in my own. I'm standing over here and I can look at you and I can view your life a little more clear than I can my own but only God can look down and see all of us and I tell you the things that may happen in your life I, I pray that, that no evil or no bad comes upon you but I tell you I've got to pray because I can't see what's lurking around the corner in my life and, and that's a reality that we all must face is that only God really knows what's just around the corner be sitting in church tonight with your family and everything going wonderful. And tomorrow could be a different story. You can be sitting in church and thinking your kids are loving God and serving Jesus and six months from now they could break your hearts. It's a reality. Job was so spiritual that in Job chapter 1, he never took for granted that his kids were serving God. He offered up sacrifice according to the number of them all because Job said it may be that they have cursed God in their hearts. Job said everything looks good on the outside, but there is one part of them that only God sees. And I'm telling you, friend, there are many enemies in this walk of life. David has a problem, but David has a prayer. God is using that problem to put pressure on David as he used problems in all of our life. And I don't like problems. I, I want to live a problem free life, but I know that's not a reality. There's going to be problems in this life. Job said, man, that's born of a woman is few days and full of trouble. But David has a problem, and David has a prayer. But notice this tonight in verse number five, in verse number six. Well, I'm, glad the, I'm glad this chapter don't end in verse number four because David's got a praise, amen? You know what David does here in verse five and six? He literally takes his problem through prayer and he turns it into praise, amen? I'm quite certain, my friend, that when you get to verse number five, the same problem that David had in verse number one, it's still a reality in verse number five. You know what's different in verse five? Not the problem, but David. David. The songwriter said, sometimes he calms the storm and sometimes he calms me. And friend, that's what's happening. In verse number five, David turns and he says, but I have trusted in thy mercy. David says my heart shall rejoice in thy salvation he said I will sing unto the Lord because he hath dealt bountifully with me David looks back through his life and David says to himself this problem is so big and it's so bad that I feel like God has forsaken me and forgotten me I'm overwhelmed with emptiness and enemies I can't sleep at night and I feel like I'm about to die but David said I'll tell you what I'm going to do I'm going to look back in my life and I'm going to see some other times when I was in this same type of situation. And I remember back then when I trusted in His mercy. I remember back then when it looked like the devil had me. When it looked like there was no way out. So you know what David does? When he can't find any security in the present, he looks back to the past. He finds a place where the God of the good times proved to still be God of the bad times. And David finds a reason to go ahead and praise Him. Hey friend, if you don't feel too secure right now why don't you look back has God ever answered a prayer for you has God ever taken care of you has it ever looked like the devil was winning and you was forgotten and forsaken have you ever felt foolish but you fell on your knees and you prayed and God somewhere some way and somehow he pushed all the hell back he parted the waters in your life and he made a way for you to come through amen amen Friend, that's where security is. I'm telling you tonight, we could testify. I'm telling you, listen, you think about some of the prayers, God's answer to pay bills. You think about times when the children wasn't healthy, and you prayed, and God healed them, amen? You think about when it looked like you was going to lose your job, but you prayed, and God let you keep your job, or He gave you a better job. I'm just talking about God is able. If you can't trust now, look back there and trust then, amen? David said, I'm praising him with some security, not from the present, but from the past. You see, your problem today may look big, but when you start looking back in the past and see how faithful God's been, that problem's not as big as you think it is. He praised him with security. And then I see here David praised him with sincerity. Notice what he said in verse number five. He said, my heart shall rejoice in thy salvation. I circled that word or those two words my heart because I think the entire psalm and this is just my personal belief I think, in the, I think the entire psalm I think God is driving David to them two words he's driving David to his heart he's driving David through all of this the way he feels he's pushing him to that point where he will learn something that's very very valuable in the Christian life you know what that is? is to be able to praise God sincerely from your heart. Amen. Amen. What I'm saying by that is if we be honest, sometimes we praise him just because it's the right thing to do. Amen. Yeah. But I tell you where real sin and I'm not saying we're not sincere in those other times, but we're real when you know somebody is sincerely praising God, I'm going to tell you when that is. When they got more problems than they can count. When they got more enemies than they can face. But yet through all of that, They don't get up and say, poor poor old me. They don't get up and give the devil any credit. Oh no, but through it all, you know what they do? They give God the praise. I mentioned this the other day, just passingly, and I'll mention it again when Job, in Job chapter 1, when the devil had stripped him of everything possession, every every earthly possession he had, had stripped him of his health and even killed all of his children. Job rose up out of the ashes and never one time mentioned the devil's name, but he gave the Lord the praise. As he said, uh, the Lord giveth and the Lord taketh and blessed be the name of the Lord. Friend, that's praising God from your heart. Amen? That's praising God, not on what you can see, but on what you can't see. Amen? That's rising up from the ashes and saying, God, my life looks like a mess, and I feel foolish right now, and it looks like the enemy's winning, and it looks like I'm a loser, but I'm just going to go ahead, and I'm just going to give you glory anyway. I'm just going to praise you anyway. Oh, Brother Mays Jackson said anything less than a slaughter or to be counted a blessing anyway. I'm telling you, friend, the fact that I'm not in hell, the fact that you're not in hell, the fact that all of us are sitting in church on a and I saved by the good grace of God, it ought to be enough uh, to throw our head back and our hands up and say, Dear God, thank you. Thank you a thousand times over for just being good to somebody like me. Amen. You see, he doesn't know us anything tonight. And he praised him with sincerity, and then I want to say this, he praised him in verse six with a song. He said, I will sing unto the Lord. Can you imagine David singing? In a time like this, those around him had to look at him and say, David, what are you singing about? I think about that psalm where the Bible says that by the rivers of Babylon we sat down and we hung our harps on the willows and we said, how can we sing the Lord's song in a strange land? Do you know that's exactly what they should have done in captivity? They shouldn't have hung their harps on the willows. They were taken into captivity, and instead of singing, they hung their. I think the worst captivity they had was not when Babylon took them in, but when they hung their harps on the willows, because they, ne- in essence, they gave up, and they lost their song. He said, "But preacher, they had been taken into captivity, but I wonder what kind of a witness that would have been. I wonder what kind of testimony it would have been if them million and a half Jews would have walked through Babylon." playing their harps and singing glory to God, to Jehovah. It would have proved to them heathen uh, people and their heathen gods that the shackles of this world cannot shackle the heart and cannot arrest the soul of that one that puts their faith and trust in Jesus Christ. Uh, I see the determination of David in verse number six. Uh, We know he's not singing based on how he feels. He has done told us how he feels in these early verses but David makes a conscious choice. Uh, He makes a conscious decision that I'm just going to go ahead and sing unto the Lord. Amen? Can I tell you When you come to church, don't sit there on a pew. Don't sit there with your head down. Don't sit there with an old, long, sad face. You say, well, preacher, I'm tired. It's Wednesday night. Yeah, but God gave you a job, amen. He gave you a way to make money and live. I'm telling you, if you didn't have a job, you would not have a long face. We ought to come to church, and the happiest people on earth ought to be the people of God because we have a song in our heart, amen. We will not have to ask the congregation to sing. We ought to want to sing. Amen. You've heard me say it many times, Brother Ed Blue said, every bird sings but a buzzard. Yes, Amen. And we ought to come to church and lift our voice up and magnify God. Our testimonies ought to be an encouragement, not a discouragement. They ought to bring victory in the service, not defeat. And you say, well, Lord or, or preacher, I, I don't understand how David could could do all that. Well, let me show you this and I'll close tonight. How could David purpose to praise God in verse 6? Notice what he said. Because he hath dealt bountifully with me. David looks at where he's at in life and when his flesh is telling him one thing and when enemies are surrounding him, you know what David says? I'm going to go ahead and praise God because it was just what somebody said up here earlier. He's been good to me. He's dealt bountifully with me. Could every one of us say tonight that God's been good to us? If he never does another, there's that old song that they sing, if he never blesses me again. If he never does another thing in my life, don't we have reason to magnify him? I tell you, I I want to see God. I I believe we're this close to having revival. I really do believe that. I'll tell you what I think would push it right over the edge is if some folks could get their praise back, get their joy back, get their worship back. I'll tell you what would push this thing right over the edge. You know why the early church had power? I mentioned this Sunday because the early church had a burden. I'll tell you what goes along with that burden. The early early church had a song, didn't they? Y'all remember when people came to church, fired up, ready for church? Remember when they sat on the front rows, preachers did, and they was fired up to, to, to preach and to, to ag the preacher on, to ag the singers on? I'm telling you, shouting ought to be the norm in the house of God. Isn't that right? Now we have a generation that, that doesn't know anything about that. And I'm talking about the reality of God's presence, but I want to tell you how the presence of God comes is when we magnify the Lord. When we lift His name up, He, 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 he blesses that because God inhabits the praise of his people. i say it like this and we'll have a song. Nobody wants to go to a house that they're an unwanted guest. Isn't that right? Nobody wants to go to a party where nobody... I walked in a place the other day and and, and I don't think nobody meant it this way. It was just the way it happened. I walked in a place and everybody around there turned and looked. You ever had that happen to you? And I was looking at myself and I thought, okay, if I got egg on my face or what's happened you know am I growing another head or something here everybody just looked and boy I felt uncomfortable I want to get out of there how do you think the Lord feels in some of our churches what we call worship services they're so sad they're so solemn they're so dry and they're so dead and we ought to we ought to always be ready to do this that don't cost me nothing would we'll always be ready to say amen. Hallelujah. Praise God. Don't say awesome. Somebody say amen. That's right. I don't even like, I don't like that word. I don't use worldly. Say amen. Praise God. Bless the Lord, oh my soul. Hallelujah. Glory to God in the highest. Don't that do something for you? Thank you, Lord. Thank you, Jesus. God, you've been good to us. We magnify you. Lord, we glorify you. Can you amen that? We lift your name up. We exalt you, oh Lord. You're higher than the highest. You're holier than all the holiest. You're righteous and you're true. To him be glory and power and honor and majesty. Bless his holy name. We lift him up. Isn't that right? I'm telling you, he's worthy. He's worthy to be praised. I'm going to tell you something. That don't just work at church. That works at 3 o'clock in the morning. That works at 5 o'clock in the morning. That works at 6 o'clock at night. That works by your bedside. How to work work in the bathroom floor, amen, with the door shut. You say, preacher, it's that good, amen. This should only be an extension of what we do every day of our life. So we stand tonight. The question is not do we have a problem. Everybody's got problems. Do we have praise? You can take your problem and you can turn it into praise tonight. While we sing, if you need to come, what page are we going to sing, brother? 107 tonight while we sing, would you come?